For over 25 years, Europe and had been convulsed by the French Revolution and the mass ex executions of the French nobles. And then, just when they had thought that the threat was over with Napoleon, Napoleon defeated and in exile in Elba, Napoleon returned, mustered a huge army and marched to destroy the British army under the Duke of Wellington. People waited in great anticipation for the news of this critical battle which would decide the future of them all. A sailing ship semaphored, and that is to signal with coded flags, the result of the decisive battle. A signalman on top of the Winchester Cathedral decoded the message from the ship in the channel. Wellington defeated. Then fog obscured the ship and the message was sent throughout the British Isles. Wellington defeated. Shock and depression spread with devastating news. Then several hours later when the fog lifted, the signal was completed. Wellington defeated the enemy. And as the full message of this decisive victory of, at Waterloo was proclaimed throughout the land, there was tremendous rejoicing. Wellington's victory at Waterloo ushered in 99 years of peace in Western Europe. The bodily resurrection of Christ from the dead is tremendously important. Death is great as man's greatest enemy and has conquered all men but Christ. Cities and nations like people are born and grow for a season and then they fade away. Homes, clothes and even vehicles wear out and eventually go back to dust just as they own us. The Bible describes this universal reign of decay and death as the bondage of corruption. In science, it is recognized as the second law of thermodynamics or the law of increasing entropy. Left to themselves, every system tends to become disordered, to run down and eventually die. And all the founders of great religions and movements have died and you can visit their graves. They all are dead and decayed in their graves. But Jesus is alive. So, when we take this metaphor of the signal of, of uh, Waterloo, we have to complete the story as we say, Jesus died for us. Because that is very important, but it's not the full story. There is a second line to this. And the second line is, and he rose from the dead. 
Because if we only proclaim a gospel of a, of, a, of a Jesus who died and who was buried, we don't have any hope. We are, along with those, the uh, Zoroastrians or the Confucians or the Buddhists or the uh, Marxists and the Leninists and all these. I was told by a by a by a friend who became a Christian out of the Chinese Communist Party. And he told me that the body of, of uh, Chairman Mao is actually still in state. And people are still passing his body because the story is told that he will never die. And some people believe that he will not. Some of the Chinese people believe that he will never die. He was such a great man. But point is, he's dead. But Christ is alive and that makes the difference. The resurrection is so important and foundational to Christianity that it has been targeted uh, 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 for the most relentless attacks. Frank Morrison, a lawyer, determined to disprove the resurrection and thereby undermine Christianity. The result was that of, uh, of this exhaustive investigation was his conversion to Christ. And he published a book, Who Moved the Stone? Which decisively demonstrates the overwhelming evidence for the resurrection. A skeptical university lecturer, Josh McDowell, was determined to disprove Christianity by investigating evidence against the resurrection. The result was his conversion to Christ and the publication of this book, The Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And you can get that in, 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 in good bookstores and go and read it, but you won't read it in one day because it's about that thick. But if you want answers on, on what the enemy would throw at you, you can find in those books. Thomas Arnold, professor of history at Oxford University, one of the greatest historians of the 19th century, wrote, I know of no fact in the history of mankind which is proved by better, fuller evidence of every sort to the understanding of a fairer inquirer than the great sign which God has given us that Christ died and rose from the dead. Another, Simon Greenleaf, recognized as one of the most skilled legal minds ever produced, developed the, the Harvard Law School. He is recognized as the top authority on what constitutes Good and sound evidence. And Simon Greenleaf made a thorough and an exhaustive examination uh, on the evidence and the testimony of the four gospel writers. And then he wrote a book, The Testimony of the Evangelist, and he concluded, it is therefore impossible that they could have persisted in affirming the truths they have narrated had not Jesus actually risen from the dead, and had they not known this fact as certainly as they knew 
any other fact. One of the most ever popular books written and the most successful films ever produced on, on that was Ben-Hur. And it was the result of skeptical challenge to General Lou Wallace to the authenticity of Christ's resurrection and a careful examination of the evidence. So if, if, if someone would like to say Christ did not raise from the dead, he better be good. He better be good. What are the facts about the resurrection? The religious leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees who had complained and conspired to have Christ arrested and executed on Trump charges had a compelling interest in disproving any claims in the resurrection. They had presumed that the execution of Jesus would eliminate this threat to their religious power and base. You know, once you've got Jesus dead, once you've got him bur buried, it's all done. You can go to bed in peace and you can wake up in the morning and say, he's gone. But they had great concerns about the corpse of Jesus and they ap approached the Roman governor Pontius Pilate for a military detachment to secure the tomb of Jesus. That's what they got. They got this military detachment. They were, at least then, as uh, we read from the, from the uh, uh, history books, 16 soldiers with four men placed directly in front of the entrance of the tomb on duty at any time. On, a military, on Roman military law, any guard who deserted his post or who would fall asleep on duty, would face crucifixion himself. Typically, if Roman soldiers allowed a prisoner to escape, they would face the same sentence as the prisoner. In this case, then, crucifixion. On top of that, the seal placed on the stone at the entrance of the tomb signified the administrative authority and only an authorized officer of Roman would be permitted to break that seal. Anyone breaking a Roman seal without permission would be tracked down and executed. So we've got uh, the Roman detachment soldiers, 16 of them, We've got the, the stone itself, and we've got the seal on that stone. And although the intention of all religious and political leaders had been to ensure that the phenomenon of Jesus ended at the tomb, the extraordinary security measures uh, have only served to confirm the truth that they murdered an innocent man, and that is Jesus Christ. And if he would raise from the dead, then it would prove that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, and the one who lives and was dead. And behold, he says, I live forevermore. So, if Jesus would raise from the dead, they'd be in trouble. They'd be in trouble. So everything they need, everything they could, they tried. 
To explain away the empty tomb, the enemies of the gospel have had to resort to the some desperate deceptions. The first was to suggest that the disciples had stolen the body. What do you think of that? The disciples had stolen the body. We've got a few problems with this one. This incredible theory suggests that those same disciples who had slept in the garden, fled at the arrest of Jesus, denied him before the young woman, were, hiring in fear, were hiding in fear behind locked doors, could have united to overcome 16 professional Roman soldiers. Dared to break the Roman seal, Move the two-ton tombstone just to steal a corpse. Because at that time, they still found it very hard to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Can you remember the disciples found it very hard? They were, they were still in doubt about this whole thing. Until Jesus appeared to them on the day and explained to them all the Gospels, and they understood, and where they then went to the empty tomb. A dead Messiah would have served absolutely no purpose for the disciples. What possible motivation would they have had, even had they possessed the ability to overcome the military, political, and logistical obstacles? They had nothing to gain and everything to lose. Every one of the disciples suffered severe persecution, most dying as martyrs for the faith. Because they understood that Jesus was alive. The question is, would you die for a lie? It explains to us one thing. Jesus did raise from the tomb. Others have questions whether Christ really died on the cross. Perhaps they said he only fainted. And then uh, they would make us believe that the Roman soldiers, who were professional killers, the centurion in charge would most probably have supervised dozens, if not hundreds, of executions, had failed to ensure that this high-profile political prisoner was not actually dead. If we consider the vicious flogging which the Lord had already endured, the excruciating torture of the crucifixion and the spear that went into his side with blood and water flowing out all provide convincing evidence of his real death. Yet those advocating this theory that he only passed out would have believed that the one who had endured such flogging and the crucifixion and the spear thrust into his heart could only have survived this legendary Roman military efficiency, but he revived in a cold, on a cold slab of, of, of the tomb. Well, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Then there's the empty tomb. Other desperate attempt to explain away the resurrection of Jesus has been that they went to the wrong tomb. All of them. Mary Magdalene and Peter and John and the other women all went to the wrong tomb. 
And then somehow neither the Pharisees nor the Sadducees nor the Roman soldiers nor Joseph Arimathea, whose tomb it was, thought to point out that the tomb was in fact still occupied. However, this theory is also impossible as the tomb was not in a cemetery but in a garden privately owned by Joseph of Arimathea. There was no other tomb in that garden. It was the only one. You could not have gone to the wrong one. And then how do we deal with the absence of the body? And all then that the Roman and the Jewish leaders had to do in order to end Christianity forever was to produce the corpse of Jesus. I mean, that would really end the thing, isn't it? If you could, could show people, stop believing this thing because it brings you nowhere. We've got a dead Jesus to show you. But they couldn't. Even when the Apostle Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and proclaimed, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And also in Acts chapter 4, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And many thousands in Jerusalem, including many Pharisees, came to faith in Jesus. To the Jewish religious leaders, this was their worst nightmare. It was a disaster. The proclamation of the resurrection of Christ undermined their power and credibility. Thousands of their followers now believed that they had condemned an innocent man, the Messiah himself. The new religion of Christianity was undermining the power base of credibility of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If the body of Jesus could not be found, Christianity could be, could be found, Christianity could be stopped dead in his tracks, and the threat of religious status quo would end it. But he didn't. Since they desperately needed the corpse of Jesus, the Jewish leaders would have used every mean possible. But they didn't. They only came up with a lie. What was the lie? They paid the Roman soldiers to tell a lie. Now, if that was possible... All 16 of the Roman soldiers would have been executed the next morning. It didn't happen. Of course, there is the testimony of eyewitnesses. We're not only dealing with an empty tomb and the absence of the body, but the testimony of eyewitnesses. On at least 12 separate occasions, Jesus was seen after rising from the tomb. Mary Magdalene, the other women, Peter, the disciples, those on the road to Emmaus, ten of the disciples at a stage, then all eleven, eight days later, seven disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, five hundred at one time, as we read this morning, he appeared to James, once again to all eleven apostles and others, and also to Paul as we hear. To explain away the testimony of all eyewitnesses, 
Some of our enemy suggest that they were merely hallucinations, perhaps as a result of hypnosis or hysteria. And that's why someone like Dr. McNabb in in, uh, uh, Melbourne, now he wants a new faith and a new church and a new everything, he said, because we can't believe this gospel of Jesus. The only thing we can believe is that There might have been a Christ, there might have been a Jesus, but nothing he did, we can say is for sure, because Christians only uh, embellished the, the acts of Christ, and so they put a story together that we have today in the, uh, in the Bible. I think we have news for Dr. McNabb. Your stories sound to be embellished too. And I, sorry, I can't believe that. I believe God's word. To explain away all the testimony of all the eyewitnesses, the enemies of Christianity, and said, hypnosis, how would you do that? If that all happened in individual cases, large numbers of, of individuals at a time, different times, different groups, different places, both indoors and outdoors, on a hilltop and along the roadside, or by the lake of a shore, all saw the Lord and all had the same testimony. And let's put it this way. Of all, of them all, the disciples were very skeptical and slow to believe. They were skeptical and slow to believe. Thomas declared that he would not believe that Christ had risen unless he personally placed his fingers in the nail prints and his hands and feet and his hand in the wound of his eye. What happened when the apostles then realized that scripture is true, Jesus is alive, what happened? They became eyewitnesses. And it transformed their lives. The resurrection of Christ from the dead transformed the disciples' griefs to joy, their cowardice to boldness, and their skepticism of faith into determination. It turned Saul, the persecutor of the church, into the apostle of the church. It also transformed society and history. It changed the Jewish Sabbath into the Christian Lord's Day. What else could explain the replacement of Saturday as the Jewish Day into Sunday as the Christian's Lord's Day? The resurrection transformed a Jewish remnant into a worldwide Christian church. And over 2 billion people worldwide describe themselves as Christian who believe in the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And the very existence of the largest religious movement in history of the world is another powerful evidence of the truth of the resurrection. Jesus himself had prophesied that his his resurrection from the dead and what the effects would be. And because of the fulfillment of this, we can absolutely be certain that Jesus Christ is God with us as he claimed.
by his resurrection, we can now know that our sins are forgiven through his blood sacrificed on the cross of Calvary. So, let's get our facts ready. When we face a world out there and they say, Jesus did not rise from the dead, let's get our facts ready. If people say they don't believe it, well, first of all, they have to read the Bible before they can say they can't believe what the Bible says. There's no point in saying, I don't believe the message, but you don't know what the message is. They go, they need to have to read the Bible. You need to be ready with the Bible. And if you haven't got one, get yourself one, even if it's a pocket-sized one, and give it to them and say, you read this. Maybe spend time with them, explain the gospel. Maybe as Christians, we have we come to a stage where we don't stand up for the gospel and the truth of the gospels anymore. We don't know how to explain it to people. But Christ is alive. And let we, we have to say this to even theologians of our day, church leaders of our day. It is, it is so sad to think that even archbishops in, 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 in time, times past, and I'm not so sure about the... Yeah, okay. Some of them don't believe this. They don't believe in the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be honest then. Shut the door and go home. Why would you constantly and, 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 and still preach the gospel of someone who's dead? Why? The worst thing would be to take money off people for something that has no future. We can rejoice that our sins are paid for. We are forgiven. We are justified by faith because Christ conquered our enemy. Because of Christ's resurrection from the dead, we can rejoice in, a, in the prospect of eternal life. Because, Christ, uh, because of Christ's ascension, we can know that he has all authority in heaven and on earth and that his great commission will be accomplished on earth. We have this assurance. Because of the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, we do not need to trust in our own abilities, but in His power alone, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Oh, you have to proclaim this message. And look, I I have not really gone into the theological consequences of the of the the victory of cross on the on the of Christ on the cross and and over death i have not done that the, the bible is full of it that go and read first corinthians chapter 15 we're just talking about the facts and the fact point to the reality of christ being victorious over death you and i do not worship a savior that is dead. You and I do not have a religion that has nothing to prove itself with. We have to get past the stage where we are so so timid about what we believe. William Sengster, the church leader and hymn writer, suffered from increasing paralysis which finally prevented him from even being able to talk. 
on his last Easter before he died, he wrote, How terrible to wake up on Easter and have no voice to shout, He is risen. Far worse to have a voice and not one to shout it. We serve a risen Savior. Death is defeated. Christ is risen. Victorious over death and hell and Satan and the grave. Christ Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in Christ, though he may die, yet shall live in him. Final words. The words of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That is our message. So, go out of here. Put a smile on your face. And proclaim the fact of the resurrection of Christ. Believe in him. Those who believe, although they die, will live forever. Amen.